you'll hear a lot of people say you can wait on quarterback. And while that is absolutely true, if you're in a league with friends and you know a lot of your league mates draft two quarterbacks, you actually run out of a lot of quality options as you're waiting for all of that to happen. So all of a sudden, if you're in a 12-team league and let's say eight of your league mates have taken two quarterbacks by the mid to end point of the draft and you decided to wait on that position, you are actually operating at a disadvantage because instead of doing what analysts are saying, waiting on quarterback where they're assuming everyone is taking one so you can fall into a Russell Wilson late, If all of a sudden Russell Wilson is gone in the ninth round of your draft, you have to adjust your strategy. That's leading fantasy football analyst and expert Andrew Jordan. The turn from August into September means one thing. Football is just around the corner. And right now, it's time for your fantasy football draft. A whole year is gone. We've done the analytics, we've strategized, and we've got the plan in place for you. This is part one of our two-part fantasy preview. In this episode, we focus on strategizing your fantasy draft so you can gain that upper hand on your friends, colleagues, and family. And if you're drafting 11 or 12 in your 12-team league, is all lost? You might be more fortunate than you think. I'm Anthony Wilson, and this is the Transatlantic Sports Show. Yes, it's my favorite time of year, fantasy football. It's the time when we all think that this is going to be our year. We know who we're going to be drafting. We know who the star players are. They're going to see us through to the championship. What more? We've got Andrew Jordan, our favorite fantasy football analyst, back to guide us through, help us prepare for 2022 fantasy football draft. All you analysts say it's all in the prep work. So we're doing the prep work for you. In fact, we've got the prep work done, maybe across two episodes. We'll see how far this rabbit hole goes. But Andrew, we say it every year. I can't believe it. It's fantasy draft time. Welcome back. Great to see you. It's phenomenal to be back. Uh, Like I said to you when we started scheduling this call, uh, I, I am absolutely positive I saw Aaron Donald chasing down Joe Burrow two weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. And I still think he hasn't got up yet. <laughs> I still think he's down. Yeah, yeah. I still think he's down. <laughs> he's limping. <laughs> right. He's got, he's got appendicitis now, so it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's getting worse. <laughs> Man, I can't believe how quickly time has flown by. I mean, just after the Super Bowl, we started having... Uh, work done on our house. So we've had this extension built. We, we've had to move out for about four months. And at time of recording, we're about six months removed from the start of the building work. I can't believe that we're now back in the house and that we've ever had the building work done. It just seems like two minutes ago that we had this big skip outside the front of the house. The boys were standing inside it because like, whoa, this is so cool. And they're now back in their bedroom. So, I mean, time just flies by, man. We've had Top Gun Maverick. We've had Thor, Love and Thunder. We've gone through to the metaverse, multiverse, whatever it is of madness. But we've been there. We've come out the other side. And here we are ready to draft our fancy football teams. I got to say, you, you are right. There is, as quick as the time has felt, there is a lot that has gone down. And, you know, just so all the listeners know, the lucrative podcasting career uh, that, that, that you got is, is what is funding all these projects. <laughs> 
the the new addition onto the house and everything. So you know, you well, too, if if everyone buys a microphone, really works at it, you too can have a new house. <laughs> if only that were true. But yes, indeed, <laughs> if you work hard, you can achieve things. But yes, um, more to come actually on podcast sponsorship. That is, uh, we got some exciting news to come announcements to be made in uh, in due course so uh, all the more reason to download the transatlantic sports show obviously you've done that so hit the subscribe button and you can find us on social media at t-a-s-s underscore uk and my man here andrew jordan is at the underscore a-t-j so stay tuned for more information on what's to come here on the transatlantic sports show but great to have you with us and andrew great to have you back as i said I think this is going to be in two parts. It's going to be a two-part series to, uh, to help you prepare for your fantasy football draft. Before we get down to the nitty-gritty, I think what's important is to gauge how you go about preparing for the draft, the strategy that you may have. You know, you're the fantasy analyst, Andrew, and you've brought success to so many listeners and subscribers to the Transatlantic Sports Show. So I just wanted to tap into that analytic brain of yours and just to gauge just how, how you approach a draft. Now, this is going to be for a, a friends league, a home league. So we're not talking professional draft. It's not a best ball draft. It's a 12-team league, maybe 10-team league. You know, on average, it's a 12-team it's a league. So what's the approach that you take going into your league with your friends? Funny enough, I actually have a, a draft coming up with friends in about a week's time. Uh, and you know, it's a, it's a good group of guys. We've all been playing together for, oh boy, maybe the past eight, nine years now. So it's, it's all honestly the, the first thing in the prep is to remember to have fun. I, I think that gets lost in a lot of the analysis, uh, that's, that's talked about around this time. Everybody talks about values and sleepers and where you can grab guys and when you have to reach for people, you have to remember that you want to enjoy this. I want to enjoy setting a lineup each and every week. Um, and beyond that, I mean, as you're going in, you know, you know, some of your friends, you have your friend who's the Cowboys fan. You have your friend who's going to be reaching for Debo Samuel because he loves the 49ers. We have these guys. So strategy wise, you can kind of prepare for that. I, I, I have again, there's a guy in my league now who owns one of the picks right around me. He's a huge Cowboys fan. So. I know a guy like Dak Prescott in, in the middle rounds is is probably out of the realm of possibility for me because I know this other guy is going to grab him. But again, I, I think it's always just most important to have a good time and and just really remember that having to be attached to this team week after week for the next 17 plus weeks, you know, depending on how early you've drafted and, and how long you're talking about trades and everything, you got to like the guys you draft. So that's the, those are the two biggest things. You know, you know your friends. You know who's going to want who. You know when you guys are talking about the upcoming season, who in particular has been glued to what player, and you can kind of work out some of the early rounds like that. Yeah, I like that thought. And we've said in the past, haven't we, that you know from now until the depths of winter, this fantasy football team, or however many teams you've got, but the one in this league that you are investing your time and, and your, your strategy to, you're going to invest so much between now and Christmas or even, well, it's into the new year now, isn't it? Almost, you know, the fantasy championships, you have at least until Christmas. So that's a lot of time and energy that you're going to be putting into this. So like you said, you want it to be fun. 
you want to follow those guys. You're going to put red zone on if your team's not in action at that particular time so you can keep an eye on how your fantasy team is faring. And it is. It's about having a good time. But it is a real, it's a, it's a, it's a huge investment. And we all know that in the blink of an eye, it's done. And then we're like, well, what do we do? We've got to wait now until the fancy draft. So enjoy this moment. That's why we're here because we can embrace it and we've got everything to look forward to. So, you know, obviously your friends might be listening. You don't want to give too much of your strategy away, but preparing for your home league, do you know now how you're going to be drafting in that first round? Are you going to be looking at some of those elite running backs? You're going to go wide receiver. Dare you even take a tight end such as Travis Kelsey in the first round? Well, I've basically broken down my draft strategy for this year into very digestible nuggets. If I have one of the first two picks, I'm going with a running back. After that, I'm almost certainly grabbing a wide receiver. Those two guys are Christian McCaffrey and Jonathan Taylor right at the top of drafts. And then past that, while I do really enjoy watching guys like Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, they are wonderful, but... I like the upside of having a top receiver, a guy like a Justin Jefferson, a Jamar Chase, even going a little further down to it's still inside the wide receiver ones like a Stefan Diggs or my personal favorite this year, who you can have at a value, I believe, CeeDee Lamb. Hmm. Going with these wide receivers gives me a little more flexibility. I think the more people are online and reading about different draft strategies they'll run into what's called a zero rb strategy it's all about avoiding running backs in the first seven ish rounds of your fantasy draft now i don't know that everyone has to go that crazy i I do like taking a chance on someone in maybe the fifth sixth round if you know i get the right names falling to me overwhelmingly though i find myself building around strong receivers I end up much happier with my teams when I'm looking at something like a Diggs and CD Lamb start than when I've gone with, let's say, a Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones. Running backs take a lot of hits. They're obviously, you know, just talking about sheer touches on the football field. They get that more than everyone else. They're around all these larger players, these defensive linemen, these linebackers, they have people really coming down onto them much more than wide receivers do. So all that contact creates a greater chance of injury. So what I'm trying to build and what's usually talked about with zero RB lineups is you're going anti-fragile. So we're making sure that we're getting these guys who have a lower chance of injury and that increases your chances for success in your fantasy draft. I do yeah. love a guy like Travis Kelsey late in the first, though. So I will say that. <laughs> I think as well with uh, Tyreek Hill now out of the equation, Travis Kelsey, despite his uh, elder years, he's only 30, but still, you know, in football terms, he's over the ridge, isn't he? He's getting over the ridge. He's going to get an increased target share. And you've got Patrick Mahomes throwing the football to you. So he is a tight end. And we'll, we'll talk tight ends at some point over the next couple of shows to, uh, you know, just see what your strategy is. Uh, around those because there's only a handful of top tight ends. And I think if they're off the board, then, you know, we look at, I know we've talked about streaming tight ends. Jonathan Taylor, obviously he was the leading rusher last year. Christian McCaffrey, he's had a couple of injury plague seasons, but at full peak, he's 1.1, 1. 1, 
right? I mean, the ceiling on the guy is immense. You know, if you're talking about PPR, which is points per reception league, this is a running back who catches so many footballs, but he is such a unicorn that, you know, I don't even know if he's reached his ceiling yet. And having two, been out for most of the last two seasons, if he's fully fit, he's going to give you so much. I absolutely agree. I, I think... Look, Jonathan Taylor had an amazing season last year, and, and it's no slight to have him as the number two back coming off the board. But when he is healthy, when everything is clicking, when the Panthers use him like they've used him, Christian McCaffrey is the 101. Like you said, that pass catching ability is invaluable. And I definitely think we lost a few good years of Christian McCaffrey because the Panthers ran him out there. They were trying to get him that thousand, thousand season, thousand yards rushing, thousand receiving. It was absolutely a really cool feat. If you had Christian McCaffrey three years back when that happened, you almost certainly won your league. You were absolutely in the playoffs. So Christian McCaffrey was a league winner. Then if you're holding the first pick, he's the guy I think you got to go with. No running back has his combination of receiving work, vision behind the line of scrimmage. For what he does, he doesn't actually take too many hard hits like that. He's not running up against a middle linebacker in the A-gap. This isn't, you know, a guy that's inviting the amount of contact that someone like Derrick Henry does. But Christian McCaffrey, through his versatility, And let's face it, even still, nothing has changed on this Panthers offense over the last few years. It runs through him, whether or not he's healthy. You can see the difference in this offense. So Christian McCaffrey is the 101. I I, I haven't entertained Jonathan Taylor at 101. It's I understand why people have Taylor over him. I understand why Taylor's typically getting drafted early. And it's not like they're split. It's one spot, but that one spot has to be CMC. And you think of CMC and the quarterback play that he's had in the past. He's got Baker Mayfield this time. And I think if ever there was a quarterback to just dink and dunk it, he's got the right guy. He's in the right spot. So you could be looking at, well, you could, you could be looking at the playoffs if you're fortunate enough to, uh, to draft inside the top one, two, or three. I think if you get to three, there's probably no chance you're going to get Christian McCaffrey. He's likely to go, as you said, 101. How do you feel if you are drafting 8, 9, 10, 11, 12? Is that a disadvantage? If it's a snake draft, you know, soon enough, round two's coming around to you. So you can be strategic, can't you? And you can get the two guys, if you're savvy enough, and I think that that's also something that we should um, let people know about is being savvy during the draft. Be aware of what's going on. I'm I'm in a draft. I'm in a draft right now where it's it's four hours for each pick. So you know it started two days ago. I'm coming into the fourth round. It's just it's just bizarre. Pauses overnight. Okay, they're they're the guys in the states who are involved in it as well. But in a home league, you probably got about one minute on the clock. But still, if you are aware of what's going on around you, you know, you can see guys who are like, okay, they've got two running backs there and a wide receiver coming into the fourth round. So the chances are they're ahead of me picking. They're probably going to go wide receiver or one of those elite tight ends. And you can strategize and you could look at who's available and you can pretty much work out, all right, I want him. If he's gone, then I could probably get him. It's having that awareness throughout the the whole of the draft, isn't it? Exactly. And I got to say, I love being at the back end of the first round. As much as 
as much as I enjoy getting a guy like Justin Jefferson, you know, pretty early on in the first or Jamar Chase, I love being at the back end because you can really condense top talent like that. Again, I, I know I just mentioned it before, but you can add a guy like CeeDee Lamb at the back of the first round and you have a decent chance at swinging back and getting someone like a Stefan Diggs or a Debo Samuel starting off with two strong options like that isn't quite something that the guys at the top of the draft get to do because by the time things swing back around to them, we're usually already talking about guys like Aaron Jones, Javante Williams, Nick Chubb, James Conner, guys who are going to have competition for the workload that we are anticipating for them. In, in each of those cases, Aaron Jones can have A.J. Dillon eat into things and definitely get a little more receiving work. Javante Williams is still going to have Melvin Gordon eating into his carry load. James Conner, while he is the most accomplished back in his backfield now, I think he will also have competition to get as many carries as he received last year. Same thing with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I mean, we know those two can feed into each other, but we're going to have a lot of questions about this Cleveland offense early into things. So we're talking really when you're at the back end of the first round, like you said, about being able to see what's happening and you can catch positional runs as they're happening. And you can usually help drive them if specifically if you're at the back end of all the odd number rounds. So if you start to see two, three running backs go before you may be able to make that pick of a receiver, a tight end, a quarterback, and then you might have to adjust what you're doing because you can see that a particular position is just flying off the board and you can help create that urgency in people drafting behind you in the even rounds. You know, I'm looking at the draft and I've, I've gone receiver, receiver, and I've got one of the elite tight ends and I'm, I'm waiting now for running back to, uh, to, to come up and I'm looking at the running backs who've gone and I'm thinking, well, I've gone further down the list and I can see the guys who I want. And by the time they become available, the guys ahead of me who've already drafted their running backs, they're not going to be picking up these guys. So I can mark them. That's fine. I can stockpile my wide receivers. This is a PPR league, and that's where you're going to get your points. And I can get those elite guys, like you said. And I'm in a complete agreement with you, C.D. Lamb. I think the uh, the workload and the targets that he's going to get this season. You look at his competition in Dallas. There isn't much for competition there. So he is a golden egg. Go out there, draft him, maybe get him towards the end of the first round. Or as Andrew said, if he's not going around in the second round, get him. He is going to be a snip and a great value pick for you. So there's the first bit of advice, uh, you know, a target for one of you guys to, uh, to go out and get this year. But yeah, you know, I'm stockpiling those receivers, ticked off my tight end. I don't have to worry about streaming tight ends. And then a little bit later, I can then focus on those running backs, maybe even pick up an elite quarterback some way along the line. When do you start in your home league considering quarterback and who are you going for? Are you you're going for a quarterback with rushing value because they obviously offer so much more. But then, you know, you've got your Tom Brady's of this world who throw touchdown after touchdown after touchdown, Aaron Rodgers. But again, those are unicorns. There aren't many of those guys about. So do you go for the safety blanket of knowing that the quarterback that you're getting is going to give you that rushing value and, and potential touchdown scores with their feet? That is absolutely what I'm doing. I, I, it, almost by now for me, it, it is a necessity to grab a, a quarterback who can rush a little more 
uh, you know, then then the Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady's of the world. Uh, and, and we can include Joe Burrow on that as well. Another young, fun guy who is not going to get the same rushing work as a Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray. The reason I do this is because a quarterback who does not rush as much has to do so much more with their arm in order to put up the fantasy points that a rushing quarterback does. You get a little more consistency in that, especially guys like Lamar who have designed runs called for them, but also know how to work off script and create. So when the rush hits them, if they have to move and shift the pocket, and then all of a sudden there's an opening and they can move upfield. The design quarterback runs are great. Guys that can create outside of that structure with their legs. It's not only, you know, incredibly valuable to them as football players, but it is for them just as fantasy players as well. So that's the thing. The, the throwing guys have to do so much more work with their arms. So I do find myself getting a rushing quarterback and I will start looking at them earlier than most analysts will talk about. You, you'll hear a lot of people say you can wait on quarterback. And while that is absolutely true, if you're in a league with friends and you know a lot of your league mates draft two quarterbacks, you actually run out of a lot of quality options as you're waiting for all of that to happen. So all of a sudden, if you know, you're in a 12 team league and let's say eight of your league mates have taken two quarterbacks by the, you know, mid to end point of the draft. And you decided to wait on that position. You are actually operating at a disadvantage because instead of, you know, doing what analysts are saying, waiting on quarterback where they're assuming everyone is taking one. So you can fall into a Russell Wilson late. If all of a sudden Russell Wilson is gone in the ninth round of your draft, you have to adjust your strategy. So as much as you see this sort of blanket coverage for here's what you have to do for your draft, realizing that your draft mates bucking certain trends or bucking what analysts are saying will affect that strategy. So honestly, I find myself in the middle rounds. If I've already had, you know, three, four wide receivers I really like. I've already maybe added my second running back to things. Maybe I've drafted a tight end early. Maybe I'm waiting, you know, to go really late for like a Zach Ertz type, get him, you know, right outside, you know, at the back of the top 10 there. I, I will find myself going and saying, oh, you know, Jalen Hurts is on the board here. He's got a new receiver uh, and A.J. Brown to really take over as the one. And he's got Devontae Smith progressing. And, you know, he's still got the rushing workload, a guy who can create in and out of structure. I'll go and grab him. Russell Wilson does not rush as much as we assume. When we say the name Russell Wilson, we still think of that running quarterback, but he has taken off far less over the last few years of his career. And even that's a guy I like a little later, you know, back towards the end of that top 10, top 12 of the position. So getting those guys at decent values, maybe not waiting until the 12th, 13th round, like a lot of people have talked about in the past, because you do have to adjust for what everyone around you is doing. Yeah, Russell Wilson, you're right. And you know what? He's playing at altitude as well this season. He's not the physical specimen that he once was. And I think that's going to catch up with him. So just be mindful of that. You know, don't go off past memory. This is a, a whole new season. He's a he's a year older. You know, some of these guys, we've seen it with Ben Roethlisberger. You've just got to be mindful. That's why we're here. We're here to uh, to help you find those guys, find those plays. And that's what the next episode 
of our fantasy preview is going to be all about. We're going to have some of the uh, the targets for you to go out there and help you pick, help you decide. We are strategizing for you for your fantasy football draft. Andrew, the time's run out. I don't know where the time's gone. It's like the year, you know, we're going to be in the Super Bowl. We'll be in Arizona before we know it. <laughs> Make sure you follow Andrew on social media. He's on Twitter at the underscore ATJ. We are at T-A-S-S underscore UK. And I am at A-R Wooten. Make sure you hit the subscribe button because next time we are going to talk more strategy. What do you do when this, this is great? You know, we're giving you all these names and all this advice and you're marking down the names, but then all your friends have got those names and you've got one minute on the clock. And if it's a, if it's the NFL fantasy draft, you got Roger Goodell saying your time is now on the clock and you think, well, I don't know what to do here. And then you're going to panic pick. It's like Man United panic buying somebody just to make sure that they've got a striker in their squad. Fear not. We've got some tactical advice for you. So that's to come in the next episode of the Fantasy Football Preview. I'm Anthony Wilson. This is the Transatlantic Sports Show. Andrew, thank you very much. Pleasure as always. Until next time, be lucky. Be lucky.